welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of CPRE Kent and Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 36. And the case that we're looking at this week is about costs, and so the facts are not especially relevant, but we will go through them anyway to provide some context for our discussion. A few years ago, Maidstone Borough Council adopted a local plan for the 20-year period between 2011 and 2031. The plan was found to be suitable under Part 2 of the Planning and Compulsory Purchase Act 2004 by an inspector who had been appointed by the Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government, who is the respondent in this case. The contentious part of this plan was a policy that allowed for the allocation of a site at Woodcut Farm, owned by a company called Roxhill, to be used for mixed employment floor space. That policy was challenged by the local branch of the Campaign to Protect Rural England, CPRE, who filed a claim for a statutory review under Section 113 of that same 2004 Act against the Secretary of State, the Council, and against Roxhill. Each of those three parties acknowledged service of the claim and provided summary grounds for contesting it. In the end, the actual outcome was very simple, because the judge refused permission for the claim. However, at this stage, it is important to note that the claim was something called an Aarhus Convention claim. The UK is a signatory to the Aarhus Convention, that requires states to ensure that there is access to environmental justice. In this context, it means that a cost cap of £10,000 applied to the claim. The issue was that the judge found that the cap applied in relation to each of the defendants separately. In other words, it wasn't just a cost cap of £10,000 total, but a cost cap of £10,000 in respect of the Secretary of State, £10,000 in respect of the Council, and £10,000 in respect of Rocks Hill. This obviously made the claim much more expensive than previously anticipated, and CPRE challenged that finding. They were unsuccessful through the lower courts, and so they appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The justices began with a general discussion around the award of costs and the authority of the courts. The most relevant source to this case is the Senior Courts Act 1981, which makes the appellate courts responsible for developing principles for the awards of costs, the rules of courts, and practice directions. This means that it is also necessary to consider the recent Supreme Court decision in the Crown on the Application of Gourlay and Parole Board from last year that we also covered on the pod. In that case, the justices held that the principles laid down by the appellate courts should be viewed as merely matters of practice instead of matters of law. The upshot of this is that it is the Court of Appeal who are responsible for developing practice in relation to cost orders, because that court hears a lot more cases than the Supreme Court. This means that it has a better understanding of what is needed and can be more responsive to those needs as well. While the Supreme Court can potentially intervene in this process, it will generally only do so when a question of law of general public importance is raised. Given that the current case does not present any such question of law, the appeal must be dismissed. 
Before we finish with this case, it is also important to see how the Supreme Court dealt with some of the other arguments presented by CPRE. For example, they used the 1995 case of Bolton MDC and Secretary of State for the Environment practice note to argue that where a losing party has to pay costs on a planning appeal, that party will not normally have to pay more than one set of costs. However, the justice pointed out a few issues with this line of reasoning. For a start, the case name makes clear that this is just a practice note rather than a proper legal authority. The case was also about the awarding of costs after a substantive hearing rather than just the initial response by defendants to a claim. It was also decided before the civil procedure rules introduced the acknowledgement of service procedure. Now it is part 54 of the civil procedure rules that govern this area, and it requires relevant parties to file an acknowledgement of service with the option to also provide summary arguments. It is only fair that an unsuccessful claimant should have to pay the reasonable and proportionate costs that each of those defendants have had to endure. Another argument by the CPRE was that the Court of Appeal had interpreted Part 54 incorrectly, but that was found to not be the case. The acknowledgement is mandatory for those parties wishing to take part in the proceedings, and nothing in the rules itself precludes an award of costs for preparing the acknowledgement. Overall, there's not too much commentary that can be made about this case. I think that the decision is generally right. If a party has to spend money in order to defend itself and is ultimately successful, then it is only fair that there is an award of costs in their favour. If there are multiple parties, then those costs will be higher. Perhaps the one interesting thing, and something that I am surprised didn't come up more in the case itself, was the role of the Aarhus Convention. The idea is that environmental justice should not be cost prohibitive, and in the light of increasing environmental awareness over the last few years, including the recent COP26 summit in Glasgow, this seems more relevant than ever. My assumption here is that signees are given a great deal of latitude when it comes to how this should apply, and that the civil procedure rules do enough to ensure that a balance is struck. After all, you don't want a situation where claims that ostensibly relate to the environment are brought for limited costs to the claimant, and the justice system ends up being overwhelmed with proceedings that have minimal chance of success. As the climate crisis continues to play a significant part in our politics, it's also likely that we will see a similar rise in the number of legal proceedings. Domestically, as well as internationally, it tends to be the less affluent parts of society that is most impacted by the effects of climate change, and there may need to be a way to reflect this through things such as costs awards and legal aid. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Before I go, I do want to encourage you all to leave a rating and a review of the podcast on iTunes if you have not done so already. It really does help to get the word out there, and it means I can give you a shout-out on the show. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!